Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the 8th chapter of the book of John. And Ian, you might want to turn me down just a little bit, okay? Somebody said amen to that. The 8th chapter of the book of John. And uh, Nancy and I had the most kind of an unusual week, about one of the best weeks we've had for a long time. And uh, God's been in the middle of the whole week. Uh I'm going to explain a little bit of it. I was talking to Doris the other day, and when we was in Tennessee, a young man that has a church in Tennessee, he closed his church to come to the church where I was preaching, Sunday morning and Sunday evening. And it it, it just kind of amazed me uh, that he would do that, okay? Uh and so I looked at that, and I think that's what we actually need to do. That's what churches need to do. And one of the best things that can ever happen in the church is we just take titles away, and we just lift up Jesus. So Pastor Mason coming here this morning is just a confirmation to me what we had been talking about. Because, listen, once we just lay down this stuff, get our name off of it, and we lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to see revival. I believe in this church we're seeing revival. Probably Pastor Mason in his church is seeing revival. But listen, we used to sing this song. And uh, uh, it used, gladly may we herald the message of his blessed appearing. Anybody remember that? And anyway, at the end of that, it says, and, and, and get ready for the final call. Listen, folks, you don't have time to get ready no more. You need to be ready. The, the, the prophecies are being fulfilled like we've never seen before. And it, the imminent coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's here. And so we, we just need to pay attention to what's going on and just lift up Jesus. Now, other than in the United States of America, revival is hot. And it's, it, the flames of revival is everywhere. And it's coming to the United States. But understand this, for the flames of revival to be like we want them to be, we'll be persecuted. And, and we, we, we think us not having HBO is persecution. You know, that's not persecution. Persecution is when people literally are dying for the cause of Christ. I got a, I got a hair on my tongue. That's better than having a booger on your nose when you say all right. Well, I had one one day, and this girl kept going like this. And I said, did I got a booger? And she said, yes. We was right there in church. Okay. So in John chapter 8, where, I, where, where we're going to start, we're going to start about 34th verse, but we're not going to be there for a minute. If you would stand with us, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And Doris, if you would, I'm going to ask you to pray. Thank you for the word. Yes. Yes. Amen. Jesus, wonderful name. 
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, here's how Monday started last week. After we had we had great service Sunday morning, if you recall. And and so here's here's how service I mean how our, our week started last week. As you all know, I bought a Cadillac. Thank you, John. Okay. So as you all know, I bought a Cadillac. Because I give my Cadillac to Pastor Bill. I think I give him the better of the two cars. So I'm really happy with this Cadillac because it's got this big engine in it. It's a high-powered Corvette engine in this Cadillac. And it's a screamer. Oh, man, I love it. Larry, you'd have a hard time driving that Cadillac. Okay. And, and I'm telling you, man, I love And so about, we was take, I had it about a day or so, and it went into limp mode. And we was here, and it just so happened that Tony come by, and I said, help me get to Savannah. This car's in limp mode. So we go to Savannah, and uh, we take it to the, the garage there. In Savannah. Oh, he said, I can fix that. So he, 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 he proceeds to fix my car, and by the way, which wasn't cheap, okay? And so he fixes my car, and I say, thank you, take my car and go pay him. And we get home. No, no, we're washing the car. We, we go to wash the car. It goes into limp mode, and I got hot. And so Nate said, you're going to take it back? And I said, not right now because I'm not ready to talk to this guy. And, and so, so I let it set for a few days, and then when I when I knew that I would go treat him right, I went back. And so that was Monday. So Monday we're going to go back, and and so uh, I said to Nancy, "Let's go get some breakfast," and she said, "Okay." And so then we 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 got breakfast, and I said, "Hey, there is. Let's go to that thrift store over by Hy-Vee. We've never been there before." And they said, okay, I think, Christine, you're the one that introduced Nancy to that. Thank you. Okay. It wasn't you? Oh, you told her about it, but you didn't. Okay, I just wondering. Okay. So we get, we get in there, and I buy a suitcase. I got a suitcase. And Nancy said, you're not going to buy that, are you? I said, yes, I'm going to buy this. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Got to get it right. Got to get it right. I think I don't think you would like that suitcase. And what she's really saying is I'm not putting my clothes in there. That's what she's really saying, okay? I, I'm just kind of reading her mind. And, and anyway, I'll buy the suitcase. Throw it up in the back of that old pick, that old truck. And so now I'm ready to go talk to the guy that worked on my car. They'll get over there. And he said, Pastor, he said, I'll fix your car. He said, I'll fix your car for nothing. He said, he said, I, he said I'll find out what's wrong with it. He said, I'm he said, leave it here. And about that time, a young man walks in, and, and he, is, uh, he says to, to the, the operator of the garage, he says, uh, hey, he said, I just got out of jail. And he said, uh, I just got out of jail. I've been in jail for eight months, and he said, uh, I need a ride to St. Joseph. 
And I'm thinking, I'm just going to listen to his story before I commit. So he said, uh, man, I had to ask God to forgive me of this one. And so, so uh, he said, I think I can probably, if, if I could get a ride in St. Joe, go to Catholic Charities, and that helped me get a bus ticket, such and such. So tongue-in-cheek, Pastor. It was tongue-in-cheek when I said it. I said, well, don't go to the Methodist because I don't think they'll help you. Smack me in the face. I mean, I, should, I said that. I did say that. And I knew when I said, oh, slap me, okay? I said it tongue-in-cheek, but God didn't take it tongue-in-cheek. Okay? So then I said to him, I said, hey, I said, you know what? I take you to St. Joe. Just throw your, just throw your, uh, your uh, belongings in the back of that truck and get in there. We'll take you to St. Joe. And lo and behold, this guy has a big black trash sack with everything that he owns in this trash sack. And so I, we started asking him. We, we hadn't told him yet we were pastors. And, we, and here's what he said. He said, I got saved in prison. I mean, in, in, he said, I got saved in jail. And I said, well, there's two types of salvation. He said, really? And I said, yeah, there's jailhouse and then there's true salvation. He said, well, I want you to know I met Christ. He said, and I've been preaching for the last eight months in that jail and he said, I have found favor with everybody in that jail. Didn't he say that? So I said, okay. So then we let him know that we was in ministry. And uh, so I said, what, what do you need to do? And he said, well, I, I, he said, what I need is a bus ticket to get to Webb City or Joplin. I said, okay. So the Holy Spirit says, you take him and you, you get him a bus ticket. And I said, okay. And then I realized something. Now I want you to hear this. This boy ain't going to get on that bus with that trash sack. And I said, hey, son, I just bought you a suitcase. Is that true? And Nancy, she just started weeping, okay, because the, the anointing came in, in that. And this, this guy didn't know what to do. So, so he, he takes his stuff, and he puts it in the suitcase. And then we go to get him uh, a ticket, and he has no ID, no ID, no, no nothing. And the guy said, I can't sell him a ticket. He doesn't have any ID. And, and so we, we leave there, and Nancy said, this, she called Twyla Gatch, and Twyla Gatch said, when he got out of jail, he should have had a paper, and it should have had his name and his Social Security. And I said, hey, do you have this paper? He said, yeah. He said, uh, I said, well, give it to me. Let's try it again. And so I, here's what I told him. I said, if we can't get you a ticket, I'll drive you to Web City. I told him that. I said, if we can't get you a ticket, I'll drive you to Web City. And so... So uh, we go back in there, and the guy said, I, he said, I can't give him a ticket without a photo ID. And so here's what I said. I said, can you, you call your national headquarters? He, he, said, he said, you cannot get a hold of them people. He said, we can't get a hold of them. He said, when we have to get a hold of them, he said, we can't even get a hold of them. I said, do you have a telephone number? And he said, yeah, I said, give me the telephone number. So he gives me the telephone number, and I called it, and a woman answered, just like that. And I said, hey, listen, we got this guy. He's just out of jail. He needs to go to Web City. I got his name, his Social Security, and everything. I just don't have a photo ID. She said, put that agent on the telephone. I'll put him on there. He said, she said, get that man a ticket. Get that man a ticket. And I said, well, praise the Lord. So he gets a ticket. Now, I got this nice, new, crisp $100 bill that I've been hiding from my wife. So the, I take this crisp $100 bill out, 
And I looked at it, and I paid for the ticket. Give him the ticket. And so I'm, I'm going to hand him the ticket. And God said, well, give him all of it. Give him the change. So I give it all to him. So then Danny Gatch comes and takes him because he can't leave till 3 o'clock that morning. And so anyway, that happens. Now, I'm mowing the next day, and I'm mowing my grass. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, first of all, he said, the reason why, he said, you got a hold of that person in, that nation, the, in, in the national headquarters, he said, because you was willing to drive him to Web City. And I said, thank you, Lord. And then he said, the second thing I want you to hear, and I want you to hear this. He said, I used you as an angel. He said, I told that young man if he would go in that garage that an angel was waiting for him in there. Now listen to me, people. We never know when we entertain angels unaware. And sometimes God uses us as angels. So Nancy and I was used as an angel. On Tuesday, we go to a funeral. And Pastor Kenny Lewis has lost his wife and dear friends of Nancy and myself. Has been married for 59 years. And I'm just looking at him and he's sitting there and he's just sad. He's full of sorrow. He's going to live now and the rest of his life out without his wife. And it was the sorrow of departure. And I got to see that, okay? And so then, so then it was uh, Friday that we went, and when we got, I think it was Friday, it was Thursday or Friday, I think it was Friday, that we got to go to o uh, Overland Park and pray for a newborn baby that was 11 weeks early. And that baby is not much bigger than your hand. And there was that baby, and that baby, that was, that was one of the most blessed things that I had seen in my life for a long time. And we got to pray with that baby. We got to pray. And they're here today. The baby's not. The baby's going to be uh, in, in the hospital for about two months, isn't that right, until it hits a certain weight, right? But, but healthy because God's doing that. So, so we got to do that, okay? And so, so when, it, when we was used as an angel, that was the work of ministry, when we went to the, the funeral, that was the work of just being a dear friend to comfort somebody. And when we got to see this baby, this miracle that took place, that was the reality of life. And then to cap it all off, last night we went to a wedding of two young people, and, and we got to do that wedding. And here's the best part of that wedding. Noah and, and Chloe did it right. Did it right. They did not live with each other. They did not have sex with each other. And everything that they went to do, they would call me or text me or come into my office and bounce it off of me. And it was, listen to me, what happened then at that wedding last night, it was just a time of gaiety. It was a time of praise. It was a time to have fun. It was a time to laugh. So, so, so last week, Nancy and I, we got the whole scope of the reality of life. Okay? And, and so... I looked at that, and here's what I, 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 I felt that the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And what he spoke to me was about the churches of the United States of America. And when he spoke to me, here's what he said to me. I feel this is what he said to me. He said, the nominal churches of today are in more darkness than in the dark ages before the Reformation. He said, the churches, he said, are in the dark ages. He said, it's a dark period right 
And then he says this, but rejoice. Because he said where there's darkness, if there's a little bit of light, he said the darkness cannot comprehend the light. And so here's the assurity that he gave me. This revival that's taking place is not taking place in any one church. This revival that's taking place worldwide and which is global is taking place where anybody who will allow God to come in and be God and preach the word of God, God says he will come into that house and there is going to be ministry. Now we're going to go into John chapter 8 and she's going to put up verse 34. And I want, you to, I want you to notice this. Jesus answered them, said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. That word servant right there means slave. Now listen to what it says. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is slave to sin. And here, here's just exactly what it's saying. It's not hard. Sin doesn't have to bind you, but it does. And so whoever sin is bound to that sin, and sin has made itself the master. Do you understand that? And so we have allowed humanism and secularism to come into our churches, and we have allowed that to, to, to be the, the focal point. Listen to me. We have got to go back to the Word of God, and we have got to start reading the Word of God, and we have to apply it to ourselves. And then what we need to do is that we need to have this word of God so invested in us that we are walking in light. Now, why are we walking in light? Because there is darkness everywhere. There's darkness everywhere. Now, understand this. The kingdom of God is within you. If you're saved, raise your hand. Okay, so listen to me. Everybody, listen to me. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within me. So everywhere we go, I don't care how dark it is, wherever we go, there has to be light shed. Now, why is there light shed? Because the kingdom of God is within us. The world and the nominal church has lost its reference point, and the reference point is the word of God. And when we take and set aside the word of God, and we get into social programs, and we get into different things, listen, Darkness is going to come in there. But understand this one thing. Where there is darkness, if children of light come into the presence of that darkness, that darkness has to leave. So the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within me. When I go to the restaurant this, this afternoon, I don't have to say anything. The kingdom of God is within me. And it will open up testimony everywhere you go. Listen, everywhere you go, there ought to be something done in the kingdom. Everywhere you go. Somebody says to me, do you look for the devil behind every rock? Absolutely. Will you lift up a rock? Absolutely. I, I hunt the devil down. And people, you, I know, you say, if he leave me alone, I'll leave him alone. But I'm not that way. Because let me tell you what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God keeps going against the kingdom of the enemy. It just keeps going against the kingdom of the enemy. And understand this, when you take people who are filled with the kingdom of God, the Bible says that the gates of hell cannot prevail. How many of you understand that? How many of you believe that? The, the, the gates of hell cannot prevail so so he says this he says here's why he, he says this he says everyone who commits sin that sin is is your master is your master hey listen do you ever do inventory and say you know what god just check me out check me out and 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 
be honest with the Lord, okay? Sin does not have to bind you, but it will bind you. And if it does bind you, then it becomes the master and you become the slave. And how many slaves do we have in the church? You know why the church does not do ministry on the outside? Because we can't. We can't do ministry on the outside because we're slaves to things that God doesn't care about, that he doesn't want to ha want in our lives. Listen to me. I am telling you this. You might not like this, but there's still holy matrimony. And that is a man and a woman. That is not two men and two women. It is called holy matrimony, holy pertaining to God. Matrimony meaning that people come together and they're going to start a family with each other. Sin has control, but God should have control. God, sin has control. And the only way God comes back to having control is when you get into this word, you get on your knees, and you tell God to show you every dark thing inside your life. Now, she's going to bring up verse 36. Now, watch this. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I like the New American. So if the Son makes you free, makes you, you're going to be created into the image of the Lord, being created in him, whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, and whom he predestined, he called, and whom he called, he justified, and whom he justified, he glorified. How many of you understand that? We are to be created into the image of his son. So if the son makes you free, or all the chains of bondage that are on you gets off of you and falls off of you, then the Bible says you will be free indeed. I'm telling you, and, and a lot of people don't believe this, but the reason why many people aren't healed is because they have unforgiveness inside of them. Some people don't live in peace, and all peace is just the absence of malice. That's what peace is, the absence of malice. And we don't live in peace. If you don't live in peace, there's malice somewhere. How many of you got a hold of that? Whom the Son makes free. I'm telling you, you must be born again. You must be filled with the Spirit. Somebody give me an amen on that. You, you must let God have his way in your life. So if the Son makes you free, you're free. If the Son makes you free, he's created you into the image of his, his Son. And so therefore, if you are created in the image of, of his Son, then let me tell you what's going to happen. People are going to notice. They're going to they're, they're notice who you are. Now she's going to put up verse 43. Here we go. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. You see, see, so it says, why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. Listen, I'm telling you, we need to pray for revelation. Paul preaches, to, Paul is teaching the Ephesians, and in 118, now listen to what he's saying. Here's what Paul's saying. I, I love this. He said, I pray that God give you revelation so you can understand this word. He said, I pray that God enlighten you so that you can understand this word. We need to pray that prayer. We need to be enlightened on what God wants from us today. Listen, you don't have to live the way you're living if you're living in fear. You can have that thing fall right off, the, off of you. I think it's so amazing many times that people want a word. And, and they'll say, Pastor, give me a word. And so... I say, okay, and, and, and many times I just take the Bible. No, no, pastor, you're not getting it. Give me a word. Okay, let's get the Bible. No, no, I want a word. And what they want is they want something that I'm going to say them that they feel, they feel is from God. But let me tell you the word. Here it is. You, you need help. 
This is called a reference book. We call it a Bible. But listen to what it says. It says, where there is no vision, people perish or they cast off restraints. Why do they cast off restraints? Because there's no reference book anymore. It's not in the United States of America. We have declared this book that it can't go in some buildings. We don't even have this book anymore in the church. I remember I was in a church and uh, I was singing. This was years ago. And, and I was singing, we're looking for the stone that was hewed out of the mountain. And so I, I went down there. I'm going to find the first Bible I can find, and I'm going to hold it up, the stone. I walked all the way to the back of the building. I could not find a Bible. So I picked up a songbook. I'll never forget that. We're looking for the stone. This is our reference book, people. If the kingdom of God is within us, then let's get the reference. And what is the reference book? It is the word of God. It's called Old Testament. It's called New Testament. And I don't care what you say. You put them together and you will have a life that is free. And whom the Son makes free is what? Free indeed. If you're not free this morning, there's a reason why you're not free. If you're not winning people to the Lord, there's a reason why you're not winning people to the Lord. She's so going to pull up verse 47. Watch this one. He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. You'd be surprised at the people that go to church that's not of God. He who hears is, he who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. Now listen to me, people. Don't get angry with me. But if you want to, that's fine with me. We live the way we live because we don't live according to the Word of God. And we don't live according to the Word of God because we're not taught the Word of God. Listen to me. Holy matrimony is heaven. How many of you understand that? God, Listen, God intended for there to be one man and one woman, and they come together and become one flesh. I loved yes, that, that wedding yesterday, and I loved it because for a long, long time, it seems to me like, finally somebody did it right. Somebody did it right. And, and I'm looking at that, and I'm saying, praise God. I won't do weddings. I make him do them. So if you want to get married, go to Pastor Bill. And, he, and, I'm, and I told him, he will charge you. Do, do I say that? I said, if they're not at the church, charge them whatever you can get out of them. That's what I tell him. Yeah, I tell him that. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. And, and listen, you can't preach some things because people won't abide in the word. So I haven't done a wedding in, in, in 20 years probably. And then I did a wedding in Tennessee last week or two weeks ago it was, where two people got married because they had lost their spouses, okay? And they, and they were older people, you know, older people, and they did it right. So the night before the wedding, seriously, the night before the wedding, uh, actually, uh, we, we, did all the, we did all the legal work right there the night before, so technically they were married before we in, went into Knoxville, <clears throat> by the river, and we did that, and so, so uh, the 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 man, the fiance, uh, I said, hey Jerry, if you want to stay here, Nancy and I are here, you because we're staying at Mary's house, and I said, we'll chaperone. So if anybody says anything, 
No, you got it. I understand that. And you remember what he said? Nope. He said, I'm doing it right. Come on, people. Then I get to do another one. Nope, I'm doing it right. Something about doing it right. Because the kingdom of God is within us. Why, why are we not doing it right, people? We're not doing it right because we're not preached to right. We're not doing it right because we're not following the word of God. We're not doing it right because, listen, the word of God is not in us. Here's what the Bible says. It says, where there is no vision, it says people perish. Actually, what it means is people cast off restraints. And we live in a society today where people in the church have cast off restraints. You know, some of us, what we need to do, and, you, and, and you're going to be a little irritated with this, but I'm up here preaching. I don't really care. I might, after it's over, care, but I don't really care right now. Listen, some of us just need to go home and clean house. Okay, we're in the Methodist church today. You don't have to amen me. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. But he who, he who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason, you do not hear them because you are not of God. Now she's going to put up verse 51. I like this verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keeps my saying, he shall never see death. He shall never see death. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. You say people die all the time. I want you to understand, the last man to feel the sting of death was Jesus Christ on the cross. And when that javelin went through the heart of Jesus and he died, listen to me, if Jesus doesn't come, you're going to die. Understand, if you are not saved, you will feel the sting of death. If you are saved, you will not feel the sting of death. Yes, you will pass. Will there be pain in this life? There will be some physical pain for some of us, but understand this one thing. The Bible says we are not going to die. We are just going to relocate. How many of you like that? I am not going to die, people. I am just going to relocate. And Kenny Lewis is looking there, and I wanted to say so, and I didn't get to say it to him, but I wanted to say, Karen is not gone, brother. She is just relocated to a different place. And that's what it's all about. Listen, if you're born again, you're not going to see death. Praise the name of the Lord. But I will tell you, some of us are living in death because we don't live according to the Word of God. And that's why we have so much stuff coming upon us. That's why we can't see the darkness of this world just evaporate. And, it, and, and you know how the darkness evaporates? The light of God which is in us. Verse, ver, watch this, verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. How many of you know the gospel was first preached to Abraham? The gospel was first preached to Abraham. You know what the gospel is? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ who saves men from their sin. That is the good news, the gospel. And, and Paul teaches us that the gospel was first preached to Abraham. Abraham sees this day and he rejoices in this day. Do you know why he rejoices in this day? Hey, listen, hear me out and hear me good. We are living in the greatest day of the church that has ever been on planet earth. How many of you know that? There is a revival taking place right now that is worldwide and it is global. There are men and women today and children who are dying on the mission fields like we've never seen before, especially with the Muslims and Islam. Understand what's happening. These people are such a witness to these Muslims that the Muslims are coming 
coming over to the Lord and giving their hearts to the Lord because they've never seen anybody that was in love with God like missionaries are and would lay down their life. If you want to read a good book, read Tom Doyle's book, Standing in the Fire, and he talks about the Muslims, how they are giving their hearts to the Lord because Christians are willing to die for the cause of Jesus and understand something. Jesus looks on that and understand what happens. All of heaven is happy and all of heaven rejoices. And they do, why do they do that? Because the kingdom of God is being spread forth. Now, I'm going to do something here. I like verse 58 because he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, was born, I am. How many of you know Jesus is the I am? How many of you know he's still the I am? And he's always going to be the I am. Now, now here, here's the deal. I told my wife, we, we was coming back from that wedding, and I said to her, I said, you know what we need to do? We need to renew our vows. I said, we just, you, it, hey, listen, if people really heard the vows, you think they'd be divorced? I don't think so. I th What's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, John, I'm preaching. Pastor Bill, it's on the house for me. Or I'm taking my Cadillac back. Okay, hey, hey, listen. So I say, I say to Nancy, I said, you know, we ought to renew our vows. Because if you can hear those vows, you'll never get divorced. You know why people get divorced? Because they'll hear them. They'll hear the vows. We just get up there. I charged the congregation yesterday. I told the congregation, I said, don't come against this. You know, yeah, you know, so a woman gets upset. She goes to daddy, and daddy, against son-in-law. What would happen if daddy didn't do that and he'd uphold that son-in-law? What would happen if, if when, 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 a, when a son went to mom and she, she would uphold the daughter-in-law? What, what would happen if when things start to go and deteriorate maybe a little bit in a marriage and we say, hey, let's go back to the Word of God and see what the Word of God says. Vows. This is holy matrimony. Christ to the church. Vows. This is man to woman. This is Christ to the church. Do you take this woman, do you take this church as your own flesh? Jesus? Yes, I do. Do you love her? Jesus? Yes, I do. Do you love her, the church? To Jesus, will you protect her? Yes, I will. Will you care for her for the rest of eternity? Jesus, yes, I will. Here's the church to Jesus. It should be this way. Do you take Jesus as your husband? Submitting yourself to him? That's an interesting thing. Because submission and humility or being humble, they're not gifts. You've got to learn to be that way. You've got to learn how to submit. Paul tells, the, Paul tells uh, Titus, he says, Titus, he says, go find some good spiritual elder women to teach, their, to teach the young women how to love their husbands and their children. The Bible doesn't tell women to love their husbands. It says submit. Submit, you have to learn that, ladies. If you, hadn't have, if you don't have a mama to teach you that, that's a hard thing to learn. Get in the Bible. Submit yourself to him. Church, yes, we will. Will you show reverence to him? Yes, we will. 
as the head, our head forever? Yes, we will. For the rest of eternity. Yes, we will. And then the church turns to Jesus. And the Father says to the church and to Jesus, come together here. Him, this is Jesus. The Father says, according to my word, the word of God, he says to the, to the Son, will you leave heaven and die on the cross for your bride? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. That's what Jesus said. Father, to Jesus, will you save her so that she can be reborn to enter into the kingdom of God? Jesus, yes, I will. Listen to what, what the Father says to Jesus. Will you make her the most beautiful, magnificent of all creation? Jesus, yes, I will. And here's what he says to the Son. And will you be with her one forever throughout eternity? And Jesus says, yes, I will. Then the Father turns to the church, and he says to the church. Now, while I'm talking about the true worshipers, according to my word, the Father says, will you love and submit yourself to my son, the church? Yes, I will. Will you show him reverence at all times, the church? Yes, I will. Will you show him reverence while here on earth? Yes, I will. And then he goes on to say, Father to the church, do you long to live with him forever and ever throughout eternity? And the church, yes, I will. So the father to his son, may I have the ring? Son to the father, yes. It's a cross. It's a cross. Father to the son, have you provided for your wife while you're away building her a mansion? Yes, I have. Father to the son, how have you provided for her? Son to the Father, the Holy Spirit will protect her, will keep her, will heal her, will prosper her, and will keep her in me throughout eternity. Then the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Father doesn't say nothing to the church because it was all done through his Son. Today, can we, earthly fathers, say, this is my son, this is my daughter, and I'm well pleased. Today, can mothers say, this is my son, this is my daughter, and I'm well pleased. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. She's going to bring it up. Watch this. You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. This is the church that God put me into pastor. Pastor Mason back there, God put him in that church to pastor. And can I say this? You are my letter. You are my letter. You are written in our hearts, and you are known and read by all men. You are my letter. You are an epistle that's read by all men. Let me ask you this. What do men say about Hosanna when you're out in the public? 
What do men say about me when I teach you and when I preach to you? You will be read and you will be known by what you take into yourself and what I give you. And this is what I want to give you today. And I want you to hear it loud and clear. There is no other that we can serve save Jesus. And there is no other name where men can be saved but through the name of Jesus. There is no way into heaven save only through the Son. No way. So I say this to you. Let's stand this morning. I say this to you. Who are we? Who are we? Here was my week last week. I will read it to you again very quickly. The most amazing week that I've had, and I've probably had many weeks like that, but it was just made known to me. Doris, would you come to the piano? Nancy and I were used as angels. We got to be with a friend who had lost his spouse. We got to touch a newborn baby. We got to see two young people married the right way. And then to top it all off, Stan Jagger, who's not here this morning, spoke to our men yesterday. He's got cancer, and they tell him that he's going to die. And he's not worried. And the reason why he's not worried is because Christ is the healer. So he's healed. He believes that. I believe that. Because listen what's going to happen to Stan Jagger. He's never going to die. And neither am I. And neither are you. What, what, what do you say, church, that we allow the kingdom of God this whole week to be the focal point of everything in our life? Look for ministry. Look for us. Listen, listen, my wife don't have problems with it anymore. She did when we was younger because I didn't handle it right, okay? But I've always been 24-7 God. I didn't, I didn't handle it right. Does everybody understand that? But the more I serve the Lord, the more I understand the kingdom of God. At one time, I thought I was a pretty bright man, but I've learned I'm not bright at all. I've learned that. And, and you know, at one time, I needed miracles in my life. And I, I believe in miracles. I believe in the supernatural work of the, of the Lord. But the more I read, the more I understand God. Do you know the less miracles I need in my life? And the less miracles I need in my life, the more God gives me. Isn't that amazing? People, listen to me. You're going to leave this building today. And you are going to leave either saved or unsaved. There's only two classes of people. There are no black people. And there are no white people. If, if, if you know anybody that's the color of Tony's shirt right there, that guy's in trouble. And if you know anybody that's the color of my shirt, that person's in trouble. We're all just different shades of brown. How many of you understand that? 
There is no race problem, people. That is a made-up thing. There is no race problem. The only race problem that we have is two races. And here it is. Either you're saved or you're not saved. And if you're not saved, there's an altar here. To come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior.